Steve, he comes one. Woo! Here we go. Yeah. Gentlemen, the longest title drought in the history of American professional sports is over. The Chicago Cubs are World Series champions. Thanks to a crazy instant classic of a Game 7 that has already taken multiple years off my life. You sound older. I do. It's early on Saturday, and my throat is dry, and I sound older. Wish that was my biggest problem. Yeah, you got a lot bigger problems than that. Really? (laughs) I've been a Cubs fan since I was 10 years old, and my grandmother, who raised my mom in the northwest suburb of Bensonville and retired in Mount Prospect, took me to my first game at designated historical landmark Wrigley Field. And now to celebrate this title, I am forcing the rest of you to listen to this brief musical history of the Chicago Cubs. It's been 108 years since the last time we won it all. And there are eight songs here. Many of them are terrible. Many. Right now, we're listening to likely MVP winner Chris Bryant's walk-up music for when he bats, which is not only a delightful idea, it's also one of the best songs we're going to hear in the next half hour. It's Warm It Up by Criss Cross. Let that, let that sink in for a minute. This is one of the best songs we're going to hear. Yep. I want to note that Criss Cross spells Chris the same way as Chris Bryant. It's definitely one of them. Yep, that is correct. Now, today I want to bring out two dominant narrative themes about Cubs culture. One, the feeling of being just on the verge of achieving your ultimate goal and then collapsing at the last minute so thoroughly and soul-crushingly that no recovery is possible. This leads to a particular physical feeling in the guts that sort of mimics what I imagine ritual disembowelment must feel like as everything falls out of you. It's also a lot like much of my youthful love life. Two, theme number two. People who died before ever achieving or witnessing that ultimate goal. So join me, two Detroit Tigers fans, and a guy who hates sports and makes sure everybody knows about it whenever he hosts a Super Bowl party, for a very special mini-sode. Cubs win! Oh, Jesus. Cubs win! Number eight. This is Beyond Yacht Rock, a uh, very special Cubs edition, as you figured out. My name is J.D. Riznar, over there, leading us through this journey through the Cubs. I'm Hollywood Steve, lifelong Cubs fan. Uh, this is Hunter. I'm timing this to make sure we don't go over a half hour. I'm cutting it off at a half hour. <laughs> uh, this is David Lyons, ready to walk at 30. And uh, we're recording here in beautiful Tahunga, California. We have a special guest helping us out. It's my boy, Junior. Say hello, Junior. Hello. All right, so he'll be you'll be hearing him every now and then. He's got a couple things to say. Yeah, he's been, he's been nailing it so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and, and I apologize for all these pops. I don't know why it's happening. Yeah. Welcome uh, to the podcast. We're recording it in JD's kitchen. Yeah. I think we have some electrical issues. All right, Steve. What's this song we're listening to here? This is one of the worst songs we've ever covered on this podcast. This is the Beach Boys, but here come the Cubs. A terrible takeoff on Barbara Ann, which is a song the Beach Boys didn't write. Definitely. And luck- yeah. Yep. And luckily for them, they're singing 
rewritten lyrics they also didn't write. That was done by staff at WGN Radio, home of the Cubs for many decades and a subsidiary of the Tribune Company, which had also bought the team itself in 1981. How interesting. Yes. I want to, I want to point this out because this is, in a nutshell, why the Cubs never won under the Tribune ownership. For most of that time, they treated the team like this piece of crap song, a kitschy novelty that fell firmly under their entertainment division. That's this, like the uh, the Detroit Lions and the Ford family. Yeah, pretty much, except Ford is not even a media company. They just have an entertainment division called the Detroit Lions. This, uh, this was the Cubs radio theme music starting in 1987, a year that was most notable for newly signed outfielder Andre Dawson <laughs> becoming the first player ever to win the MVP award for a team that finished dead last. The Hawk? The Hawk. Hall of Famer, the Hawk, Andre I liked, Dawson. I liked him. The Hawk cannot He was play. great. Didn't he, he play a, for the Indians, too? I forget. I think he played for the Red Sox Red at the Sox? end of his career. I have something to say. Uh-oh. Go for it. First of all... This is terrible. He just did that. Yes. And yes. second of all, Hawks don't sing. This is a good point. <laughs> what doesn't sing? Junior's right. Hawks do not sing. That's right. <laughs> and in light of that, we sh- um, thank you for turning off that song. Because mm-hmm. we, they weren't doing much for singing either. The good, the good news is that most of these songs are about two minutes long. Wait, no, no actual Beach Boy was on that, right? Michael Love no, just they, took they, the money. and They hired the Beach Boys to do that song after they, after they thought of it. There's no way Brian Wilson was on that. I don't hear him. Oh, no. This, this was 80s Beach Boys. Okay. <laughs> this was the Mike Love era. Right, that song could single-handedly wipe out most of the goodwill that America has for the Cubs right now, <laughs> much in the same fashion that America squandered its own goodwill by invading the wrong country after 9-11. Hold on, I think J.D. has a message. It's okay, I'm good. <laughs> um, Let's move on. <laughs> Seven. Uh, okay. Oh. Ooh, I like this one. All yeah. right. Give it, a, give it a second. You won't. This is another one from the 80s. It's called You're My Cubs. <laughs> you can, Hunter, you can hear a strong, heavy metal, M-E-D-A-L, and foundation. It's, it is well, by, and it's by Gary. Yes, it is. Yeah, Gary really who? Gary. We only know by, a junior. by a gentleman named Gary Pig. That's Pig with two Gs. And it was composed by an advertising jingle writer named Alan Barkas. Uh, the Cubs were very popular in the 80s, so it was a good time to try to cash in with stuff like this. Uh, the team made the playoffs twice that decade, which is a substantial improvement from the last few. They had a significant national audience in the very early days of cable TV because their games were on Superstation WGN, which had the broadcasting power to reach a large number of homes. Same way the TBS started out in, in, in uh, Atlanta as a regional superstation for the South that carried all the Braves games. Now, this song is a lot less hacky than the last one, but to my ears, there's a little something missing. It's just kind of there, you know? It's a better fit for a beer commercial that romanticizes what the blue-collar worker. Exactly, Dave. He's so strong and powerful and American that he no longer needs labor unions to fight for him. And all he needs is Chicago Cubs baseball. So this was made for a uh, TV station? No, this was just made This was just made in the hopes that somebody would buy it or use it oh. as theme music or something like that. Because I, I wouldn't put it past a, the third highest uh, AM station in 
That's about the level it should be in Chicago. The, the third most popular AM radio station. Sports talk. <laughs> News and sports. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I wasn't listening. I got up and got a beer because this is so goddamn boring. <laughs> Okay, ready for the next song? Yep. Baseball. 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 No matter what that score is, it's choose baseball, you're a winner. Baseball. 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 Number six. I know this song because I'm just looking at the computer. What's this one called? Junior? Uh called Men in Blue. That's right, Junior. It's Men in Blue. We're back to awful on this song. This is sort of a... We're back to awful. Trying to be a country version of the Super Bowl shuffle the year before that. Wait a minute. When did we leave awful? The last one was mediocre. Yeah. How could... Country version of the Super Bowl shuffle? It's the same concept. You get some members of the team to sing a song about how they're going to win it all. Yeah. Except it's a country song. With no trying raps. Yeah, exactly. Is this trying country? Do they pull it off? They, it, it is a trying country, and they do not pull it off. None of them can sing. Uh, there's five members of the 84 Cubs on here. That was the year that they made the playoffs for the first time since World War II and then blew it. There uh, was a whole rash of these songs that came out in the 80s. Almost every professional baseball team has one. I recommend the one by the Dodgers. But they're all terrible. And as singers, these guys make pretty good baseball players. Yes, that is correct. I'll, I'll, re- I'll quickly run through the guys singing this. There's Jody Davis, the catcher. Very popular. The crowd chanted his name every time he batted. So but keep he, talking. Okay. He's Thank good. you. Junior has to go to the bathroom. Okay. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll we be gotcha. here when you get back. Yeah. We'll... Uh, there's outfielder Keith Moreland, whose nickname was Zonk. Both of oh. them were terrible defensive players. Utility outfielder Gary Woods, whom few people remember. Rick Sutcliffe won the Cy Young Award that year. And first baseman Leon Durham, who went on to make a crucial Bill Buckner-esque error in the playoffs that allowed San Diego to tie up the last and deciding game of that playoffs. They went on to win. And they let him be in the country song after that? This was before that. This was this was in the middle of the season, much like the Super Bowl shuffle. Okay. Unlike the Super Bowl shuffle, they didn't actually go on to win it all. They needed only one win to make it to the World Series, and they blew it by losing three in a row. Yeah, they would have lost to the Tigers anyways. That was they their, probably would have. That, was, that was the Tigers' year. It was a charmed year for the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> Is that it for this one? I'm, I'm good. I'm done. What's the next one called? Let me see. Well, hold on. Are you anything else to say, Steve? No, that's about it on this one. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I like it. Kids in the neighborhood used to call me Jody Davis because my initials were JD, and we were very aware of the Still Cubs are. in West Michigan. I don't call you that name. But... That's a very good point, Junior. Thank you, Junior. Thank you for not calling me that name with that baseball player. That's not my name. <laughs> Number five. Whoa, this song, I'm... Junior, what's this call, song called? Whoa, this song's called... Tugs and Five. That is correct. By the Mountain Goat. 
Great there you job, go. Junior. Junior, we got to work on your timing, but everything else was spot on. You're doing a great job. Twirl around before you oh, announce just drop the mic. Yeah, don't, don't drop the mic. All right, sorry, Steve. Go. All right. This is a song not written specifically for the Cubs. It's just more tangentially about them. It's about waiting for the impossible to happen. And even though almost everything here is whimsically unrealistic, all his sports predictions have now pretty much come true. Yeah, like the Bucks did win the Super Bowl. Yes, the Tampa and Bay Bucks won the Super Bowl on January 26, 2003, just like the song predicts. So this, and basically the song is, until these impossible things happen, I won't go back to you. So now this guy's got to go back to his girlfriend. Yeah, yes, yeah. we won't be getting any more great songs from the Mountain Goats now that he's happy. I hope he's happy. You know he's making fun of the Cubs, right? What? How, how could anyone make fun of the Cubs, Dave, for not winning a title in 108 years? What? No, it seems, <laughs> seems pretty simple. You know what? Yes, Junior? You have something to say? Fruit. No. You know, you know what I never liked about the the Red Sox and the Cubs always saying, like, oh, we're cursed, we're cursed. Um, they're fans? Well, yeah. But you get, it, it's such bullshit. Those are two sports cities that have every advantage to them afforded by major markets. And it was just terrible management for all those years. And people are lauding... Uh, uh, Epstein for coming in. Isn't that his name? Uh, what's his first Theo name? Epstein. Theo Epstein. Epstein coming in. Uh, he just raised, I and mean, he made some really good moves, but he just raised their payroll by like. But he built the team around a young core of inexpensive players and then and used then, the major market budgets to fill in the yeah, gaps. Yeah, which could have happened if they would have just done it 50 years ago. <laughs> How about we use I believe I've song. already covered the Tribune Company's uh, yes, woeful okay. mismanagement. It just, it just bugs me. It's not impossible. It's more, the cursed things come in more when they have bad luck late, when they're about to relieve all the pressure on themselves, and then they just choke under it. Nah. What do you have uh, more to say about the mountain goat, Steve? I want to talk about the meaning oh, sorry, behind I got, including I got in this way. song. Yeah, yeah. Let me get back into this. Start the it's song important over. to learn that if you want to accomplish the, seeming, the seemingly impossible or just the implausible, you have to do what the Cubs did under their new ownership group, which is what Hunter was just getting at. You lay a solid foundation. You achieve mastery of basic skills. You work very hard and know what you're doing so well that you start to see all the other things that people don't notice. Like, this utility guy has a chance to become a really good player. This relief pitcher could become a very good closer if he stays healthy, which he did. Or this manager isn't going to throw your young pitcher's arms into a... Or this into podcast the, into is the about river. music. <laughs> I'm glad we got the Mountain Goats on here. I just wish it was for a reason that mattered. This matters deeply, David, and I'm uh, I'm disappointed in you that you haven't suddenly changed your lifelong aversion to sports just to get into this moment. Oh, I just want to say that I was with Dave when he, and we were watching Game Seven. Oh, so Dave watched a sporting event? Did we were, he? We were we were at a sporting event. We were at a. Oh, that's right. You texted me from the Clippers game. Or yeah, something. yeah, we were at a sporting event. We went from the sporting event to. The bowels of the stadium the to watch courtside club because we had courtside tickets and we watched because the game. Because you care deeply about sports, I care about showing my friends a good time, Point and not is, boring them. Dave, Dave admitted that he wanted to see the Indians win because they were his dad's favorite team. That's fair enough. My, my dad grew up in Cleveland. I was born outside of Cleveland, and as you know, I lost my father this year, and I thought it would have been really nice for him for the Indians to win, but more important than that, 
I was hoping I wouldn't have to sit through this shit. Uh, also, I just, so the point is, is that when, uh, what's his name, uh, Kipnis almost hit that home run in, in the ninth inning, mm-hmm. Dave clapped. He he was he was you saw him, I saw you him. You saw him express an emotion about sports. Yes, and it, it was for an instant. He went. Oh. Number four. Because it didn't quite go out. All right. What's this song called, Steve? It's number four. It's Johnny Frigo. I want with to introduce song number four. Well, get in oh, here. Get in here. Get over here. Yeah. Hey. Time's a wasted. What are you leaving the room for? Uh, What's this one called? This next song is called Hey, Hey, Holy Mackerel. That is correct, Junior. Bye. It sounds like macaroni. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Uh, it's Johnny Frigo. Johnny Frigo. Close like, enough. Let's Frigo, call him Johnny Frigo. I like Johnny Frigo better. This is the oldest song on the list. It's from 1969, which was the Cubs' best season in between the 1945 and 1984 playoff teams. It's written by local Chicago jazz violinist Johnny Frigo, or Frigo as the case may be. Frigo. And the title comes from the biggest catchphrases of Cubs announcers Jack Brickhouse and Vince Lloyd. You know, many people consider this to be the most important song of that pivotal year in music. Well, Dave, they didn't call 1969 the summer after the summer after the summer of love for nothing. Lots of important musical innovations happening at that era in American culture. And this one is the biggest among them, as Dave said. The 1969 Cubs are best known for having four future Hall of Famers but blowing their chance at the playoffs by collapsing late in the season, losing 17 out of 25 games, and blowing their lead to the so-called Miracle Mets. I should have given that kid a shorter cable. <laughs> Junior's running all Lots over the house with his lungs. He's banging on his He's mic. He's banging we had to, microphones. We had to turn his mic down. Junior, Junior, oh, if you're going to... Back off, Dave. If you're going to bang the mic, you can't hold it. It's really bad for the mic. Okay, buddy? All right, he's back. Okay. Junior is back. What else? Just is- in time to hear that 1969 was the first of many crushing disappointments by the Cubs, and this one was heralded by a black cat that ran onto the field while the Cubs were in the New York to play the Mets. Christ. Let me talk a little bit about Jack Brickhouse. Oh, oh Jesus. God. Uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster Jack Brickhouse retired in 1981 when the Tribune Company bought the team and was replaced by the now legendary Harry Carey. Harry Carey died just before the start of the 1998 season, and because of that, he missed the Cubs' first playoff appearance in nine years at the end of that season. They were crushing the playoffs, by the way. Not a, didn't even get a chance to blow it. Brickhouse collapsed He's while getting ready for Harry Carey's funeral. House. Underwent surgery for a blood clot in the brain several days later. Seemed like he recovered, but then died of a heart attack that August. Also missed the Cubs' playoff appearance. And a footnote on Brickhouse's Hall of Fame career. The one time the Cubs went to the World Series while he was broadcasting them was 1945, and he missed the season due to military service. Okay. Julio. Steve, I can't believe you made me long for easy wicketing. Well, you know, the men in blue, we just heard them sing that it's been a long, long time since 1945. And it's also been a really long time since I've really 
truly tortured you guys. Easy Wickening was about the last time, and you're due. And to be honest, Dave, this is as good a song as you're going to get that's explicitly about baseball. Because it's not a cloying, sentimental ode to the old-fashioned wonders of the game. It's just about a guy who's going to die without ever having seen his team win the World Series. Which is something that happened to all four of my grandparents. Isn't Wasn't this guy dying of leukemia when he wrote this? I was going to make that a dramatic reveal at the end of the next song, but sure. I guess I'm doing what you do on these things, is not read other people's stuff. Yes. And I was the only person who wrote anything on this. Wait, so leukemia? I'm going to save that for the next song, Hunter. Pop, 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 pop. Wait. Is that technically cancer? It is. So yeah, it's a cancer of the blood. Man, that's a bad way to die. Do you guys want to read this? Uh, no, we don't want to hear it either. Who Next song. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about a baseball team when you're dying of leukemia, am I right? Yeah, I hear you. I think there's more important things in the world than uh, your favorite sports team making you more or less of a man. All right, what else on this song? It seems weird that you're constantly defining it that way, Dave, because I, you, you know that I well and truly don't give a fuck about my manhood. <laughs> Hence the Cubs. <laughs> Except now we're winners. Made me a criminal. And so it validates my manhood. What else is cool about this song? It's almost the guy over. had The guy had leukemia. That's we already talked about that. Oh. Next song? Well, I'll just skip those two paragraphs then. Thanks, guys. Ooh, a Beyond Yacht Rock first. <laughs> sure as God made green apples, someday... The Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Number two. Uh, wait. Thank God we got past that Steve Goodman guy. Who do we have here? Why it's Junior Steve Goodman. You wanna, Junior, you want to introduce it? What's this song called, Junior? Well, you better get ready for a brand new day. Oh, oh, try to turn him down. Go for it. Go comes go. There it is. There you go. Bye. Steve Goodman. Steve Goodman. It's, he's got a good first name. Good job, Junior. Yep. This is our dorky-ass fight song, Go Cubs Go, which became our anthem during the 1984 playoff run. It was revived in 2007 for the two years we made the playoffs and then got cleaned out of them. Uh, this, this song has all the excitement of a regional amusement park commercial. <laughs> it sounds like it does. Wrigley Field sort of is a regional amusement park when you get right down to it. Yeah, I used to walk by there almost uh, every time I went to Wax Tracks to buy records and T-shirts. Just 32 miles off I-5 <laughs> from the Dubapa exit. Two parks for the price of one. Steve, I'm sorry for messing up your first Steve Goodman song. I promise I won't say anything else. No, Dave messed it up. Oh. You just joined in. Uh, so, a dying Cub fan's last request was the last Steve Goodman song, and the Cubs hated it because they were actually trying to win at first. Uh, the WGN radio program director contacted Goodman, asked him to write a happy song that they could play on the radio, and so he did this. Uh, simplistic optimism has always been part of being a Cubs fan, so this caught on very, very quickly because the team was good. Um, what else? This song's been streamed over one million times in the week following this year's World Series. 
Steve Goodman died of Wait. leukemia four days before the Cubs clinched their first playoff appearance since 1945. Well, I, I have a question. I have a question. Why would they want to hear Go Cubs Go this week when they want to hear Went Cubs Went? Because they won. Yeah. That's a good verb tense, Joe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm hoping I figured out the popping issue. No. Good. Somebody turned the phantom power on. Uh, The, oh, no, there it is. I was going to talk about Ron Santo dying before he got into the Hall of Fame, but, uh, Go for it. you know, whatever. No, no, talk, no do it no, quick. No, we have to stay under 30 minutes. We got 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing, Ron Santo you're doing really well. Well, look, we got well, in the look at fame. that. So, Ron Santo, who was on the 1969 team, was always, yeah. for a very long time, considered the best and most deserving player not in the Hall of Fame. But uh, every time the Veterans Committee goes, no, we don't want him in. Mike Schmidt's kind of an asshole. He's like, hey, he's not as, he didn't he, play for the he, Yankees. He's not as good as I was, so he doesn't deserve to be in. That's what I heard anyway. Um, so after the 2009 meeting of the Veterans Committee, the Hall of Fame changed the rules to let more overlooked guys in, put some different people on the committees. And the rules were set to take effect the next time the committee met two years later in 2011. But Ron Santo, who'd had diabetes since age 18, eventually had both lower legs amputated, died in December of 2010, and was elected to the Hall of Fame one year later. Um, Junior has a question. What's your question, Junior? It's uh, for my dad. Okay. Can you play when when you're on Yacht Rock, please... Make your regular voice. What's wrong with this voice? Um, he doesn't understand that that's not your regular voice because you're not yelling. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Wait, what did you mean? What's my regular voice? I mean, what you're talking right now. Hi, hi. Oh, is this hi, my regular junior? voice? Oh, you don't like it when I do when I do a silly voice. Yes. Oh, our fans that's love what it. I'm talking about. But I like JD's I'm... silly yeah, voice. JD, our fans love it. I've known you um, the lifetime of three juniors, uh-huh. and uh, you've always sounded the same to me. Well, listen, he doesn't Just like, like Tony Zaret. He doesn't like when I do my character voices, but if I stopped doing my character voices, everybody would stop listening to our podcast. That's pretty much the only thing driving it at this point. Yeah, yeah. but they may, they may stop after this, this Cubs episode. I'm just kidding. I, I don't want to jump on this bandwagon, this mean bandwagon. I'm happy for the Cubs. That's it. I'm you ready here. for the last song? Number one. That's Ready. it. That's it. I'm out of here. See you later, Junior. That's when he should have dropped the mic. <laughs> all right, I'll give you this one, Steve. Yeah, this is pretty good. This is Eddie Vedder with All The Way. I put this at number one instead of our dorky-ass fight song. This is ingeniously constructed as the perfect Cubs song. Because it's as relentlessly optimistic as Go Cubs Go. But Eddie also hedges his bets right in the first verse when he sings, Forever we'll win, but if we should lose, you know, which seems likely, we still know that someday we'll go all the way. And musically, it can work as a joyful, drunken sing-along, but also because it's Eddie Vedder yarling, it can also sound like a funeral dirge. And up until this year, the Cubs had always needed a song that can kind of do both. Okay, I, I, I just skimmed over what you wrote. It doesn't say exactly why. Why 
Why is Eddie Vedder a Cubs fan? Oh, Eddie Vedder was he born. He used to pretend to be from Seattle, but he's. I thought he was Eddie, from San Diego. No, Eddie Vedder was born. I'm he in, pretended from, he was from Seattle, but he was in I San have the Diego. information okay. right here. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Vedder was born in Evanston, Illinois, home of Northwestern University. Gotcha. We all think of him as a West Coast guy. Like, I thought of him as a San Diego surfer yeah. who moved up to Seattle. He's actually, his roots are actually in Chicago. Oh, that explains Jeremy Spoken. Please, today. Yeah. Yeah. Much like myself, like I, my family roots are in Chicago, even though I've never lived there. But I adopted, I inherited the team preferences from generations before me, except for my dad, who's a Cardinals fan. JD was, was that played. a silly voice? He Junior got super mad at me for doing that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was there, uh, like imitating Steve. I thought he was making fun of Steve over Whoops. there. Oh, we lost the song. We lost the song. It's coming back. The music. Sorry. Okay, there it is. There we go. All right, where were we? Uh, we were talking about family, mm. the importance of family. I have a family. You do? You have a pretty good family. Yeah. I feel like one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a fan of your family than I am of baseball. <laughs> uh, Steve, we had a brief encounter in the... Uh, are, are we wrapping this up? Because I was going to say something. I a little bit He's more. got a okay. bunch more. Let me know because i got something nice. He's got Ernie bunch. Banks stuff. Yeah, I was going to talk about Ernie Banks. Eddie Vedder wrote this song in 2007 when Ernie Banks asked him mm-hmm. to write a song about the Cubs. If you don't know who Ernie Banks is out there in listener land, he's the Cubs' all-time best player, the man who also best epitomized the classic Cubs attitude of relentless optimism in the face of a completely hopeless reality. Period. And blaming it on Period. the goats. <laughs> now, Ernie never blamed it on the goats. He just looked forward to next year and loved playing baseball so much he wanted to play two games today. Aww. Ernie. Um, so Eddie actually followed through and wrote this song. He's performed it at Wrigley Field with Pearl Jam before. This is about as straightforward as an Eddie Vedder lyric ever gets. So it's a little bit clunky in spots, but it's way better than pretty much everything else we've heard on this show. And the song has just enough ache in it to make any Cubs fan weep while watching highlight montages from the 2015 playoff team and this year's 2016 championship winners. And one final note on Ernie Banks. He died prior to the 2015 season, so he never got to see either of those teams. So much death in this joyous episode about a wonderful underdog team finally winning its championship. Just I told death, you. Death, death, death. I told you it was going to be one of my two dominant narrative themes. Death and uh, some other stuff. All right, listen. I'm a Detroit Tiger fan. I, I, need, I need a little hope for next year. Oh. The greatest song ever written. JD, there's no hope. <laughs> not, about, not about sports, but the greatest. There's no there's no hope for next year. Tiger, Tiger, baseball team. It's so good. Or there's there's another heavy metal song. type the, song. The Tigers have wasted most of our 20s and 30s getting to the World Series and then forgetting how to play. Right, forgetting how to throw to first base. And just everything. And then, and then, to build a and then Joe Buck... Uh, Getting all getting the camera on uh, some pine tar on uh, Kenny Rogers' hands so they can get him out of the game against the Cardinals because they, everybody knows they're Cardinals fans. Uh, the old George Brett uh, loophole. Yeah, God, I hate Joe Buck and McCarver, isn't it? McCarver, who's with him? Awful. Oh God. All right, here's the credits. Find this week's Cubs yeah, I was gonna win. Do a, I was gonna Cubs do a little win. wrap up. I was gonna say something nice. Go ahead. Oh, Dave, go for it. Say yeah. something nice. Hey, say um, something. Say, say it. A, 
inch away from that mic. Yeah, we had a brief uh, moment in the driveway before I uh, came upstairs, and I told you I was going to tell you this once and only in private, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Congratulations. I'm very happy for you and this win. And to all my friends from Chicago, our uh, label mate, Matt Dwyer, and uh, all our comedian buddies, Steve Speargrave. Uh, congratulations. It's real important, I guess. Thank you, Dave. I'd and like I, to, hope, I hope that the Cleveland Indians do get their title soon. If it doesn't, I'm sure my life will go on unchanged. And, thank uh, you. And I'd, I'd like to uh, thank all the Chicago White Sox fans out there. Yeah. Eric Acosta. Yeah. For, I'm not going to name people. I'm not trying to... For being cool about this. Yeah. Leonard, yeah. Leonard, Leonard Pierce. They're, the White Sox fans were always uh, great people, unlike the Cubs. They weren't whining. I, I rooted for the White Sox in 2005. They weren't, they weren't whining and complaining, and they always uh, carried themselves with class. They you know did. What? You don't need credits on this. Okay. No, no we don't. No. Uh, thanks. thanks. Thanks for Junior. Thanks, Junior, thanks, for, junior. for sitting in. That was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Junior, for joining us. Is there anybody? Thank you, thank you to Ron Estrada, a big Cubs fan who's done bumpers for us before. I'll doing see you next time if you come to my house. <laughs> All right. I'll come see on you later. over, Ron. Oh wait, you're talking to Ron. And, and you want to say hi to anybody, Junior? You want to name any names? Uh, any, any of Dave's friends you'd like to name? Yeah, you want oh, to name right. my friends uh, from Chicago? We totally forgot something. What? About. Junior made a, uh, somebody up at school. What is his name? His name was Jackson something? Jackson something. Really, I. Really. Jackson Williams. Jackson Williams is made out of paper because I made him. And what's his dominant personality trait? And he doesn't like the cup. Oh, <laughs> I can hang out with what that a character. Guy. Jackson Williams' least favorite episode of Beyond Yard. Do you think uh, your dad could give that character a voice? Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it silly? It, does he have a silly My name voice? is Jackson Williams. I hate the Cubs. Stop it. <laughs> Sounds like Harry Carey. So I hate you just, the Cubs. You're doing, you're, doing Will, you're doing Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. I hate the Cubs. I'm, I'm Jackson dead. Williams. That's it. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Thanks to us because we did all this. <laughs> thanks for... Steve. Thanks, for, Ron. For getting it in under. Let me hold on. Oh, just 10 seconds over. Whoops. Goodbye, bye.